Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, in this edition, we have the roundtable, our weekly prediction uh, topic. Uh, and uh, for uh, for Inside Texas today, we have Justin Wells, lead recruiting analyst and Longhorn insider, uh, Ian Boyd, college football analyst for Inside Texas, and Joe Cook, our head beat writer for the Longhorns. How you guys doing? Can't complain. Another fall uh, fall Thursday. I looked at the weather. The weather in Austin's about the same as the weather in Ames, which is pretty encouraging. <laughs> yeah. I, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start with you because uh, there was some uh, brouhaha, I guess, on Wednesday about Josh Moore potentially being out or having words with Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, we didn't report it um, because we didn't know the the result of it. Uh, today, start, all right, excuse me, Thursday, as we're taping this and, and going on or our predictions, Sarkeesian came out and said, hey, that was much ado, much ado about nothing, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, even when I saw that breakout, I'm like, you know, that kind of sounds like a football practice. And yeah, you know, at the same time, maybe uh, Josh Moore should not have gotten into it with his head coach, but, you know, it's emotions. And uh, Sarkeesian said, you know, when asked straight up about that, he said he was getting coached. That's what we do. And then he followed it up with, Whichever one of you guys felt like it was important to report that, that's your bad, not ours. So uh, he thought that, I mean, it was just a football practice and a heated exchange there. Those happen. Um, you know, he also mentioned that more would be available uh, for the entire uh, Iowa State game. Uh, maybe there's going to be repercussions. Who knows? Uh, you can't probably get into it with your head coach and not have anything happen. But it, it just sounded like a football practice and things that happen between players and coaches. And that's how Sarkeesian described it, too. Yeah, I, 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 could, I just recall back to the days when I would go to, to football practice at Texas and um, there would be multiple scuffles, I would say, with some punches thrown at times. And that was that was the morning practice, the afternoon practice. They're all out there at the same water can drinking. You know, so I think that uh, people got to realize that that the tempers flare when 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 things are going on. Uh, Justin, um, you you hear anything about what Texas might do if Josh Moore is not uh, getting the full run on on uh, Saturday night names? Yes, sir. Uh, from from what I can confirm this morning, Kelvante Dixon was was running with the ones in Josh Moore's position today. Uh, he's been kind of backing up more for majority of the season this year. They've switched out a little bit, but today Moochie Dixon was, was running with the ones and there's a good chance we could see a lot of number 16 on the field in Ames Saturday night. You know, he's played well when he's gotten opportunities. Um, what has been, you know, some people are saying he's not necessarily great at routes. He doesn't necessarily know the playbook as well as Josh Moore. What's been his, you know, kryptonite, so to speak, if it's not not being able to catch. It's certainly not not being able to catch. Calvante has some of the surest hands in the program. He's also an astute route runner. I think a lot of his experience, Josh Moore has a couple of years on him. He's been through that system a little bit longer. Josh has been through the the the, the battles a little bit more. Uh, could Calvante, you know, get buried deeper into the playbook? Probably so. But he's a redshirt freshman that's just trying to, to not get his way up the, the depth chart and I think a lot of times sometimes players take themselves out of the game and, and like with Joshua with his with his deal with coach Sark that's going to give Kelvante Dixon the opportunity to come in and, and make some plays we've seen him the, the the little times that he does play Kelvante makes plays it's just he needs to do it consistently and that's as long as Sark can rely on him I think that's the big thing and we should see more of that on Saturday 
Ian, I spoke to you yesterday uh, for the X's and O's piece, and you feel like this is just a really, really bad matchup generally for Texas. What is the overriding factor there? Just that Iowa State has a lot of ways to run the ball. Um, they can ex expand the front. They can hit you in a lot of different places. And their running back, will he will land big shots on you in the run game. He has multiple 50-yard-plus runs. Um, he's the only player in the country with more 20-yard-plus runs of the last uh, season and a half than Bijan Robinson. It's Bijan Robinson and then Brees Hall. He's that's that's a lot of times that's how they score. That's how they get their big plays. They don't even have um, as much of a play-action game since uh, since Hakeem Butler graduated. They've been doing it with throwing to the tight end and then Brees Hall landing big big runs. I, I think also that the matchup is further exasperated. I'm curious to see what Calvante Dixon can do if they have him in the boundary running RPOs. Uh, I think that's the the one ingredient they haven't had that's really hurt them against Iowa State the last few years. Iowa State's always able to sneak up their safeties late, and Texas hasn't had receivers that can trust through RPOs behind them. Um, they, hit, they hit some of those against Baylor and punished Baylor a little bit for doing that. They really need to do that against Iowa State. If it's Kelvante Dixon in the boundary instead of Joshua Moore, I, is that an upgrade? Is that a downgrade? Can he be trusted to, write, to run the right adjustable routes in the RPO game? Because a lot of that is just the quarterback and the receiver if we see this, you're doing this. If we see this, you're doing this. And then the quarterback's just thrown to a spot. Is, Calvante, is Calvante Dixon going to be in those spots? Um, is Moore going to be on the field? Can he be trusted? Or do they move Worthy over? Can Worthy do it? That's going to be probably the number one thing I would look for in this game right off the bat. I, I, I could Let me speak to one thing, I think, the difference between and, – and Justin, I think, hit on some of it. But the difference between Moore and, and uh, uh, Dixon – is not only experience, I actually think Dixon has more top-end speed to punish people than Moore does. Uh, Moore definitely a little bit more moxie at this time, I think is a, a good word to put it. Um, but my problem with the, the RPO game in, in some instances, and especially when it relates to bubble screens and that sort of stuff on the outside, Ian, has been Casey Thompson's lack of arm strength. Um, he, he throws it – he doesn't throw it hard enough sometimes to give those guys to do anything with it, and everybody's on top of them already. Yeah, or he'll throw it – he'll lead them way too far out, like on that big uh, that big third and one against Oklahoma State. I think he – I think he actually just struggles with the accuracy because it's a bit of a long throw sometimes to, to put it out there. Um, just what we need to do is talk about more negatives, right? right. You know, a team's lost three consecutive games where they had leads, double-digit leads in the fourth quarter or second half. And let's talk about more negatives because we need to harp on those as much as possible. All, All right. the more reason they got to hit the boundary. They got to have someone reliable on the boundary. If they're not punishing Iowa State there and they need to throw to the wide side of the field, I mean, that it just gets worse, right? Okay. Now that's fair. Good, good point, Ian. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. That's a intelligent point. All right. So it's time. We're going to go, go around the horn here and we're going to start with inside Texas beat writer, Joe Cook. Joe, who do you have today or who do you have for Saturday night? Longhorns or Cyclones? 
I've, I've been really stubborn. I, I try to make all my game predictions match up with my season predictions. And after Oklahoma State, that got thrown out the window. Uh, but I still had Iowa State pegged as a loss, and now it still sounds like a loss and one that Texas probably won't look good in. Uh, so I have Texas falling 38-24 in Ames on uh, with Tim Brando on the call, calling a lot of it's a touchdown. So that'll be that'll be joy for everybody uh, everybody in Austin. When are you going up to Ames? Flight is Friday night, so I'll be uh, in Des Moines and then making the trek during the day to probably the one of the I, one of my favorite Big Twelve towns, at least. I enjoy it there. I, I've been there a couple different times and spent a week there actually. Uh, I guess, wow, almost 20 years ago. It's a nice college town. Um, so, but more power to you. They actually do have good barbecue there, by the way. There's a place right off campus. All right, next up, Ian Boyd. Ian, what do you got, bud? I have Iowa State 27-17. I think um, they're usually, they usually have trouble scoring a lot of points on Texas. Texas is really big in the trenches. They don't run the ball consistently against Texas. They can't hurt their cornerbacks outside usually. Um, and they, they're not like a high-scoring team in general. But um, if, they, if this game goes the way I think it will, I think they might be able to just slowly squeeze, choke out the Longhorns over the second half and, and you know, two-score margin. Gotcha. You, you made a note in one of your articles, I think it was on, on Thursday morning, about Iowa State uh, keeping opponents to less than 20 points a game. Is that correct? They keep Texas to 20 points or less a game. I, yeah. I don't, know about it. I don't know about their season average, but they definitely do against Texas usually. Gotcha. Um, all right. So we've got – right so far we've got uh, Joe Cook at 38-24, uh, Ian Boyd at 27-17. Justin Wells, give it to us. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I've been on a little bit of a streak lately, uh, not a good one uh, for <laughs> predictions if you're a Texas fan. Uh, and, and, and something I've learned, and, and you and I were talking about this, you know, as much as we cover this, we figure out what we don't know. And I do know that these are 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. And I do know that after three straight consecutive losses, it, a lot of times you can rally. They're the underdogs. They're going in with their backs against the wall. There's no expectation for Texas to win this game. And that's why I think Texas pulls it out. I got Texas 30, Iowa State 27. I think Cameron Dicker is clutch in the fourth quarter. I think he's going to be needed. The last two meetings, Iowa State has won the game with a field goal. I think Texas returns the favor, gets a W, and it gets a nice little start to the, the month of November. Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Dicker missed a field goal last year, so this would be retribution, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you, uh, you just stole my thunder, Justin Wells. I picked Texas 28-27. Uh, I think Texas is going to have a hard time moving the ball, and they have to uh, capitalize on touchdowns when they get the opportunity. Um, and if you ask me why, I think it's because the football is oblong and it bounces different directions at times than maybe it should. And Texas, you know, I thought they were further away from winning Baylor than they were either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. Absolutely. Um, it, it was just – it. It felt like it was a fait accompli losing to Baylor the way they did. It didn't feel that way against Oklahoma State, and it didn't feel that way against Oklahoma. And, and I just feel like, uh, you know, Iowa State is good, a, a good football team, but this also is a, a situation where they're not the same football team they were a year ago. 
that was really stingy with the ball, that made the most of their opportunities. They're, they've lost three games for a reason. Um, and it's because they're not as good as, as they were last year either, even though they have a lot of the same pieces to the puzzle. Um, and so I, I expect a tight game uh, throughout. Um, who knows what happens at quarterback with the Longhorns? Uh, who knows what hap- who's going to make the big play? Maybe, maybe it's Kelvante Dixon. Maybe Josh Moore makes, makes up for his lost time. Uh, but uh, the Longhorn speed is going to be a little bit of a problem if Steve Sarkeesian can actually scheme it up and Texas can give him enough, Casey Thompson or Hudson Carter, whoever, enough time to do it. Enough to win the game? I, I don't know, but I'm picking Longhorns 28 to 27. Anybody have any final thoughts before? I want to go back to Ian so bad right now because in his X's and O's discussion, he was, as one of my friends told me, Ian was a Debbie Downer as it relates to Texas's chances in this game. And so now you've heard me and Justin say what we've said. Respond to us, Ian. Give us a rebuttal. Well, I mean, some of what you're saying is right. I mean, they, <laughs> this Texas team, I remember the um, Kansas State in 2019, um, everyone was like, Kansas State had just beat up on Oklahoma. They are running the ball. And it uh, just looked like they were going to come in and, and whip Texas. And uh, we even had some suggestions from inside the Texas locker room that there wasn't a whole lot of confidence on the Texas side. And then the Longhorns went out and beat them. Sam Ellinger had a masterful game. After getting in a 14-point hole, though. Who got – yeah, Texas got in a 14-point hole. Yeah. So yeah. they still made sure. Maybe I – don't, I don't know if this is a Texas team that can come back after a 14-point hole, though. Well, uh, they can give up. So that's a well, that's one uh, knock. You know that guy was just you couldn't blow them out. He just kept them in it. Um, but what y'all are saying, what you just said, Bobby, about Texas has a lot of speed advantages in this game. Ain't ain't none of those Iowa State kids can can run with Texas's receivers. Moore, Worthy, Dixon doesn't matter. Any of them can run by Iowa State. Um, whether or not they hit them, and whether they hit them enough is something that I would not bet yes on. But I don't know if I would want to bet on this game at all, honestly, if I were a gambler. Yeah, Vegas. Say, who knows for sure? Iowa yeah. State plays with fire every week. Yeah, so I don't – that's my point. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say this. that I haven't seen the same I, – I, you know, and, and I think that's my point. They're not the same team they were a year ago. I mean, they were scrappy as scrappy got last year. Now, that doesn't mean they're not still somewhat scrappy this year. But they're not – I mean, they make some, they've made some silly penalties and done some, had some bad turnovers at inopportune times too. I, I just don't – I don't know that they're the same top 10 team they were a year ago, you know, despite having, you know, most of the same players. Um, all right. Uh, Vegas, by the way, uh, opened Texas um, – was the underdog six and a half points in Ames. Uh, 6.30 on Saturday night, Texas plays Iowa State. Uh, we'll all be there. We'll have a uh, post-game reaction as well. Uh, for Justin Wells, Ian Boyd, and Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, version of On Texas Football. And please, by all means, check us out on InsideTexas.com. Uh, we're all there every day, all day, answering your questions on the message boards, giving you the latest recruiting news. Texas got a commitment 
uh, on Thursday morning that we've been following, uh, as well as lining up a big visit weekend on November 13th. Uh, please join us by clicking subscribe here to the YouTube channel or click on podcast uh, the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you all so much and please join us again.